Teresa, I can't think of a good opening joke. Well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try a gin. It's Schmanners. Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to and watching Schmanners. <laughs> it's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dog. Hello, dear. How are you? Fine. Uh, you know, this trip to London has been amazing. And, you know... <laughs> thank you. Oh, is there, is there someone here from London? Uh, but you know what I can't get enough of? Drinking. Oh, okay. I'm going to be so super rude here for a second because we got this topic suggestion from somebody, and I can't And everyone find knows it. it's not rude if you announce how rude it is. Yeah. That really saves you from it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, it's just me, Travis. Uh, well, blah, so, blah, blah. Phone, phone, phone. Um, we're going to be talking about a British staple, gin. And we will give credit where credit is due as soon as Travis finds who suggested it. (laughs) But we have done other things in London besides drink. Oh, here it is. It's Laura. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Is that you, Laura? Okay. Nice. Aren't you glad I looked it up? Yeah. Uh, we did the London Eye this this morning, which was nice. So here's the super fun thing about London Eye. It starts, and you're like, whoa! And then 15 minutes goes by, and you're like, okay. And then you're at the top, and you're like, whoa! And then 15 minutes goes by, and you get off. <laughs> that said, I highly recommend it. But it's just the kind of thing, like, it's moving! Okay. And luckily, there were, it was not, we were not in a super crowded car, and there were other uh, children around BB's age on it. And like, we're like, Because oh. we brought her with us. Yeah. And we're like, oh, BB's gonna love this. It's not just random children, BB's age. Yeah. BB was there. <laughs> BB was there. And mostly, she, she spent the whole time just like running around in a circle with them as we're like, and there's Buckingham Palace. And she's like, ah! <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let's see, what else have we done? Uh, we rode on the underground. Yeah, because we figured I'm, it out on our own. I really, I cannot stomach being in a taxi. It's so hard for me. I get motion sickness very easy. And the, the London streets were not built for me. I, I will say, I, we have now spent uh, three days in taxis. And I've been trying to figure out how any road stuff works here in London. <laughs> I think everybody's guessing all the time because I was in a cab and I was by myself going to get a stroller. It's not important why, but that's what was up. And the whole time, it just seemed like my driver was like, well, that's a one-way street, but, eh. And, just like, and people would like honk at him and I was in the back honking at him too. And 
just everything seemed fine and everyone was just like, no, I get it. And like at one point, like, I feel like my driver tried to like drive onto a bus. And, like, and just, to occupy the exact same yeah. space as the bus. It seems like every taxi driver is like, I know what this code means. I'm allowed to do this here. And everyone goes, they're right. They are allowed to do that here. Uh, but today, we went to a place uh, called Mr. Fogg's Tavern. Um, it, yes, it's, it's... Someone is familiar. Inspired by Around the World in 80 Days. Um, and I had a lot of fun annoying Teresa by saying, I hear this Mr. Fogg has made a wager! <laughs> While I drank cup upon cup of punch. Yes, and that, that punch uh, was gin-based, um, which is the drink that we will be talking about. Do you know gin? I think that they do because gin is big business here in in Britain. Um, it I, is a 1.9 billion pound well, industry in pound, the UK. Gee, that's more than dollars. That's like 80 billion dollars. Wait. I don't know math. It's six dollars? No. No. Mm-mm. Somewhere between those. I should also say uh, we're going to talk about gin for a while. And then in the second half of the show, we are going to take questions right, yes. from you, um, just in general. Um, so if you, uh, so be thinking about general etiquette questions now. Now I'm worried as I'm saying this out loud that like all of you British people are going, I have no questions. <laughs> I know. So try to think of some, please. Or there will just be a half hour silence at the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find some way. I'll just sing Itsy Bitsy Spider over and over again. Which is what we do all day long. Um, So gin has gone in and out and in and out of favor in this area. Gin and out. Yeah. All day. Oh, I'm being deported. (laughs) I've just gotten word. Yeah. Um... So the origins of gin really go back to the Netherlands um, with the drink Geneva, 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 there it is. It's one of those three. Got it, Geneva, yes. <laughs> What's now in a here? drink of this water. <laughs> um, and it, it, historians, put it in that category, although Geneva and gin are different at this point. Um, A lot more letters. Yes. I'll stop. Is this the new drinking game every time? Every time I embarrass Teresa, drink, water. All right. Um, but uh, Geneva is made by distilling malt wine into about 50% alcohol. Okay, but that's not... No. Like, I, that's not how I would describe gin at all. Gin is like well, I said I said that they're related, but they're not the same thing, which is why Geneva still exists today, and it doesn't taste like gin. No. Because gin, if I'm not mistaken, is vodka with juniper berries. Well, Okay. Vodka can be made from different grains, also potatoes, um, where gin is made from barley. How hard do you have to squeeze the potato? This is my new favorite game. Mine too. 
I'll be scooping my wife up later at the end of the show. It's water. Wink. Um, but see, uh, Geneva wasn't particularly drinkable. It's pretty gross. So, uh, and Take that, <laughs> Netherlands. I've never tasted it. Shots fired. I've never tasted it, but uh, the, the rumor on the internet is it's unpalatable. Much like Malort. Yes. Which you may not get, but people in Chicago right now are very mad at me. <laughs> if you've never... What? I'm mad at you from Chicago. Oh, yeah! I get it. I like to alienate the crowd one by one. <laughs> um, if, if you've never heard of or had Malort, it is, it is a botanical, uh, much like gin. gin, where you take an alcohol and then you infuse it uh, with different flavors, and with Malort, they infused it with the devil's sweat. <laughs> um, it, it, it feels like you're, ta you're drinking perfume, really. Yes. And you know what? If you like it, you can have You're all lying. of it. <laughs> I only know it. of it because uh, John Hodgman, who will be here later this week with Judge John Hodgman, if there are tickets still available, you should get those. Um, at the beginning of every uh, Max FunCon, he forces everyone there to drink it together, much like, um, you know, have you ever heard the term drinking the Kool-Aid? <laughs> it's like that, and it's accurate. It's very accurate, because it tastes like survived. poison. Um, so to, to this drink, juniper berries were added for the medicinal qualities, like a lot of booze, it's medicine, <laughs> right? Um, and so they were uh, usually sold in pharmacies and, and by doctors. Well, because at, at, you know, in early history, yeah. doctors- You were a doctor if you'd read a book. A book. <laughs> I know where the toes Everybody are. Everybody listen to Sawbones, another McElroy product. <laughs> Thank you. We don't make it. It's McElroy. I it know. Counts. I mean, I guess, but already enough you people are... think I'm on it. <laughs> like, like a drug. I get tweets like once a week, like to me and Sydney, like, I love Sawbones. I'm like, me too. <laughs> if you can plug John, Judge John Hodgman, another I can McElroy. plug. No. <laughs> I'll stop. Um, and so this, this relationship between gin and Geneva for the, for the Dutch really made this into kind of the, the I don't want to say the drink of the Dutch, but it was certainly popular. And this so, is where so, you sorry, get the, the name. The connection is they would take Geneva and then put juniper berries in it, or? N no. Okay. The connection is they had Geneva. Uh-huh. And then they made gin and they were like, this is kind of like Geneva. Oh, really? <laughs> so they're related in like, if you saw two people and you're like, you kind of look like them. You're brothers now. Yeah. Okay. All right, there we go. And this is why sometimes the, the product is called Dutch Courage, which is one of the, the nicknames for it. But there are many other nicknames, and I'm very much looking forward it because there's one that's Mother's Ruin, and you were going to tell well, me about it, but you said it was sad. It is sad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is Mother's Ruin. <laughs> you are skipping ahead, okay. but because we're talking about nicknames, I will tell you the story. So okay. um, when, when gin was all the rage, because it was super cheap, 
um, because you could make it with the barley that wasn't good enough for beer. Mm -hmm. And for a very long time, the water in this area of the world was undrinkable. So you had to drink alcohol because in the distilling process, it had been um, sanitized, basically. Um, So people would make this gin, and it was, like I said, super cheap. So it was usually drunk by the poor. Um, And especially as urban city centers started to develop and more and more people flocked to them, there were a lot of poor people. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Unlike now, (laughs) where we're all doing great. Yeah, we're all doing great. Um, So what happened was... Um, A woman and her friend, supposedly, took their toddler, Mary, out of town to a ditch, took all of her clothes off, and left her there, where they sold her clothing for gin. It is sad. You are right. Listen, I told you it was sad. I know. You did tell me it was sad, and I didn't listen. And, well, a naked toddler in a ditch, she died eventually. Oh, but, no. But the mother was hung. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. It got better. Did it, did it get better? Uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll transition away from that uh, to a different name. Who here has heard the term bathtub gin? <laughs> so there was a time, a dark, dark time in the U.S., <laughs> where booze wasn't allowed. But everyone still drank it all the time. Uh, and it was called Prohibition, and it lasted like six seconds. And so most people think that bathtub gin, the term comes from making booze in a bathtub, because even though it has gin in the name, it actually uh, was used to describe all manner of, of liquor and booze and whatnot. Um, but actually, most people uh, agree now that the idea of making, okay, So when you distill, you have to boil and then capture the, like, steam. The The vapor. The vapor that rises off of it. And you can't do that in an open bathtub. So a lot of people now will tell you, like, it's just probably a rumor and a falsehood that they made it in the bathtub. The reason it was called bathtub gin is the vessel that they served gin in was a very tall jug. And it didn't fit under the tap of a sink. So they would water it down using the tap of the bathtub. So that's actually why it became known as bathtub gin, not because it was like mixed and made in the bathtub. That said, if you thought about bathtub gin as like poisonous, they dump whatever into the bathtub, and that's that's still true. (laughs) Um, It was just in a jug. It was mostly, uh, there's a lot more. Things like turpentine and varnish. So the difference is, is with, um, with, Whiskey, right? If you're going to make whiskey, um, I just want to say uh, he's doing a great job. I'm just thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you make bathtub gin whiskey, right, it's a lot easier to get like the coloration and everything. So bathtub gin has to stay clear. So that's where those botanicals come in, where they would just take really, really, really gross, cheap, like we were talking about, like kind of the runoff booze that you couldn't use for other things and just like throw flowers into it, or throw, which is, I'm willing to bet, even though I haven't looked it up, where Malort came from. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a whole episode on Malort to oh. apologize to Chicago. Will we apologize, though? No, we will not. 
Um, so because of this widespread drunkenness, um, the, the government finally took hold and passed the Gin Act of 1736. So it took a while, <laughs> but, but they did it. Um, so then at that point, the gin was taxed heavily, as, as governments do, and then um, they required special licenses to sell gin. Uh, whereas before, unlike a pub who had to provide food and lodging, um, pretty much anybody with a stall could sell gin. Um, at this point, though, from the Gin Act, they uh, put the license fee at 50 pounds a year, yeah, I heard that. That's like because at today's $8, at today's equivalent, that's six thousand pounds. That's close. a lot. Um, and so uh, it worked okay because they only sold two licenses. <laughs> but so it, it really cut back on. <laughs> Uh, no, oh, okay. because it didn't stop people from making and selling gin. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine if you're a person who likes to consume gin and you're walking down the street and you're like, I would like some of that gin. Oh, no license. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll stay sober. So much like the, uh, the U.S. Uh, prohibition, in 1743, that act was repealed. And then in, um, sorry, in 1736, it was repealed, and in 1743, uh, no. Got it. At home, we can edit this stuff that I mess up the dates. One more time. It was repealed in 1743. I was right the first time, but there was a new one with the same name. You guys, make a new name. In 1751. Okay. Um, so this lowered the taxes. It made it illegal to sell gin from any premises whose rent was less than 10 pounds a year, which is uh, 1,200 1, pounds in 2017. That's, that's pretty close from today. Um, and so that was an, an effort made by the government to find you know, kind of reputable purveyors of gin. Hi, everybody. It's Travis. Um, now, at this point, if you were expecting to hear an episode about grocery stores, you're probably pretty confused. Um, I, I don't know if you could tell, but uh, from my voice, I am sick. Uh, Teresa is sick. Even BB is sick. So we this is our episode that we recorded live at the London Podcast Festival, all about gin, obviously, and we just had uh, just a heck of a time, a real blast, so we hope you're enjoying it. It's actually going to be split up in two parts. Um, hopefully, I think our plan right now is to do the grocery store episode next week, and then part two of this the week after, um, but we will see. It will all depend on if we all feel better, uh, but I'll tell you what makes me feel better Thank you notes to our sponsor, because this week we're stoked uh, to, talk, to tell you all about Trinova. Um, Trinova, it's a cleaning line, but more, more than that, it's a revolution, I would say, and a revelation. 
Trinova offers a full line of highly specified cleaners with specific products for most home and automotive services. And listen, when you focus on one specific thing, man, they really work. The glass cleaner is probably the best glass cleaner I've ever used. The all-purpose cleaner smells terrific. Um, and we have these lights, uh, these like glass bowl lights that hang right above our stovetop. And this Trinova product is the best at like removing the grease from those that I've ever used. Their cleaners are designed to be effective with premium ingredients and not watered down. It's a family-owned company, and it's dedicated to great customer service. So, Trinova is offering listeners an exclusive 20% discount on their first order. And if you're an Amazon person, just search Trinova, that's T-R-I-N-O-V-A, and use code SHMANNERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. If you're terrified of their global domination, go straight to the source at gotrinova.com, that's A-T-G-O-T-R-I-N-O-V-A.com slash schmanners. I also want to tell you this week about Audible. Introducing Audible Originals, a new member benefit. Audible members now get two Audible Originals and one audiobook each month. That's so amazing. I love audiobooks. I love Audible Oh, this is great news. Audio Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. Fill your fall with more stories. Like, well, uh, let's see. Um, I have listened to a lot of Sarah Vowell recently. Um, I've been re-listening to the Agatha Christie novels, the the Poirot novels, read by Hugh Frazier. Oh, those are real good, like, stay inside by a warm fire on a cool day kind of novels. Um, but listen, you'll find something you love on Audible. They're all, like, I, lo- I love it. Love Audible. So, get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals with a 30-day trial. Visit audible.com slash schmanners or... Text Schmanners to 500-500. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Hey, everyone. Freddie Wong. Matt Arnold. And Will Campos. Here to tell you about Story Break, a writer's room podcast where every week we, the Hollywood geniuses behind Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Thrill as we weave the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. We're going to double down on everything that made the prequels great. Jar Jar, (laughs) trade federation, (laughs) politics. Gasp as we assemble a pantheon of heroes for the Kellogg Cinematic Universe. We could get rid of Snap, Crackle, Pop. I wouldn't even miss them. You're crazy. They die in the second 
fucking act. Oh, come on. <laughs> and join us as we make fun of Matt as he struggles to name a single Beyonce song. Well, yeah, put a finger on it. Sure, she wants to be Beyonce. Put a um, finger on it. Beyonce's <laughs> famous song. Will we break the story? Or will the story break us? Find out by joining us in the writer's room every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so another fun fact that I know. Well, I guess it's not fun fact so much as just gin fact. Um, is Teresa and I were talking beforehand, we were talking about the fact that like, while we have, you know, we just had the punch today and we've had martinis and we've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of different mixed drinks in our lives. Um, we couldn't think of a time when we'd ever just drank gin. Because if you, if you've listened to our show, we've done about wine tastings and we've talked about whiskey tastings. And I just couldn't, I couldn't remember ever walking into establishments being offered a gin tasting. And it's because they don't. Um, don't, don't has really anyone here it. ever had a shot of gin? <laughs> really? You Re- monsters. Remember who you're speaking to. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, to be fair, I've had so many different foods soaked in booze at parties, it's, uh, um, but yeah, the thing is, is most, uh, most people will agree, uh, experts, I guess, um, that the thing about gin is because of the botanicals that it, I keep saying botanicals, like it's a guy named Botanical. <laughs> the botanicals, um, are, are made to be, they kind of pair very well. Uh, with mixers, and so most people will say, like, yeah, you can drink gin straight, but it tastes better. You get more out of it with a mixer. At least that's in my experience, because I have yet to drink straight gin. <laughs> yet. You know, I I have to make a confession. You lied? You've had gin? No. Okay. Um, because it's the smell for me. The juniper smell. I didn't, Do you remember... Maybe some of you aren't old enough to remember this. We're 85. (laughs) In British years. What? In, in the 90s, the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a body splash from Bath and Body Works called Juniper Breeze. Maybe you didn't have it here, but it, it was everywhere, and it smells terrible. And so I just can't, I can't get over it. Um, you've mentioned, I mean, we t- we're talking backstage, so uh, you say that I have had gin. Yeah, in drink, today. On, on, uh, I mean, not on purpose. What? It was in a punch. Yeah. I couldn't taste it. But it was, but you drank it. You can't say you haven't had it because you couldn't taste it. It was there, it was in the drink. I sound like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> it was there. Anyway, it wasn't something that I was able to pick out of the drink. Well, that's... Because it was it, mixed. Okay, here's the thing. Here's why this makes sense. Because if you think about it as being botanical, right? Being very floral, it works like a bunch of flowers, right? So you would mix that botanical with other botanicals. And when you would smell a bunch of flowers, you wouldn't be like, I smell the rose out of this, right? But you would notice if it wasn't there... That is how the mixed drink, when you add a botanical like uh, gin to other things where you have like a lavender or anything like that, where what you're doing is you're basically creating a bouquet, which is why that is also how they describe like the smell of wine and that kind of thing, because you are getting all of these different smells together and it's not an individual taste that you taste so much as you notice when it's not there. I've never been a bartender before. I just love this. 
It's almost like you said, back to you, Teresa. And now, more facts. So, like a lot of things, um, when it was cheap, poor people drank it. When it was expensive, rich people drank it. So here we come to the Victorian period, which we talked- That's when Queen Victoria was in charge? <laughs> I don't know if you all know that. I think they do. Okay. She was in charge a long time. Like five years. <laughs> American years. I still, I don't get that. I joke. don't either, but they laughed twice. <laughs> I got them. Palm of my hand. That's you all dancing. Okay. So in the Victorian era, which we talk a lot about because a lot of the, the kind of social interactions that we have are, are very similar to the Victorian era. Um, the, there was the creation of the Gin Palace. What? Ooh, I got an ooh. How exciting. Man, in the US we have the Corn Palace and the Gin Palace on way cooler. Well, the Gin Palace was a type of um, cafe saloon thing uh, where unlike pubs, which are uh, typically dimly lit and loud, um, a Victorian Gin Palace was lit by the newfangled gas and electric lighting. Um, and so it was- mm, Have you heard of it? <laughs> so it was Ooh, very fashionable. Mr. Edison's invention. It was very fashionable to see and be seen in the gin palace. And I mean, that's really because you could actually see. It was very well lit. Um, and so this is the point in history where gin goes back on the up and then we switch here where gin is something that, that you know sophisticated people drink and beer goes down to the lower classes, whereas before it was the other way around. Mm. Um, and one of the other reasons for this was because gin was being transported around the world with the British colonies. It was something that um, was kept much, much easier in the bows of ships because unlike beer, it didn't spoil as fast. Um, skunk is the word skunk. we would use. Did you guys say that here? When a beer goes bad, it's skunk? You're welcome. Are you gonna make fetch a thing too? I am gonna make fetch a thing. Thank you for asking. I'll drink to that. We can't both drink at the same time, then sure there's just can. silence. I thought they would fill it with <laughs> laughter. So it's on you. That's right. Blame the audience. That makes, that makes things no, go I really want, well. I want to make them mad at us one by one. Not all at once. Oh, no. I also imagine that a lot of the reason it became like sophisticated is like we had today with the punch was much more of like, when I picture a beer, I picture somebody getting it, going back to their place and sitting there, as opposed to a much more communal, like we're going to talk to each other. This is a much more social event. Like I think of punch mm -hmm. is much more like we're gonna gather around and get from a bowl and all look at each other and talk, as opposed to just like, I'm gonna have a beer, please leave me alone. <laughs> well, punch, uh, we've actually have, a, have a, an episode about punch as we well. We do? God, we have so many episodes. 
Punch has origins with um, drinking rum, which again was done in the British colonies a lot because of that trade. Um, but what really happened in the British colonies was they were using gin to mask the bitter taste of the quinine that they drank in order to combat malaria. So it was kind of like a, a tonic to cure. See what he did there, you guys. Yeah. And, and they could have just drank the tonic. I think that's my favorite no, thing. No, 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 no. What? No, what? Quinine what? was added to the tonic water. So wait. It was because you had Why didn't they just put the quinine in the gin? Well, because everybody needed quinine for the malaria. You just can't hand people gin. If, I mean, I guess you can. But maybe there I mean, are those that don't, that don't... Yeah, children. Yeah. That don't want the gin. You dissolve the quinine in the carbonated tonic water, and then you add the gin to cover up the quinine, and sometimes you add in a lime because you're on a ship and you need protection against scurvy. <laughs> When Teresa was pregnant and she could not uh, have booze, like I would get her tonic and different flavored tonic waters just to make us feel like we were having booze. I say us, I was still drinking booze. <laughs> not only that. But I did it in the closet where she couldn't see. It's not, it was fun. That is not true. That is not true. Um, uh, not only that, but um, tonic water with the quinine has been rumored to help with restless leg syndrome, which a lot of pregnant ladies experience. Um, I don't know if it did. You know what really helped? Getting up and walking around. That, Wearing out those legs. That's what really worked. Um, and so gin was kind of, you know, the sophisticated popular drink all the way up through the 1950s and 60s. Because and what happened then was the martini was so classy. Here's my fun thing that the I know. The vodka train arrived. Okay, so here's what happened, because I just found this out. The reason vodka... You don't have to tell people that you were researching backstage. I was, though, because <laughs> you know stuff. I pretend to know stuff, and I'm not pretending very well. Um, so the reason that vodka started uh, displacing gin as the martini mixer was because, one, James Bond... Um, and James Bond. Have you heard of James Bond? <laughs> He's, uh... <laughs> Bit of a jerk. This uh, is yeah. my new shtick. I'm going to be drunk all the time. It's amazing. Um, but so that was helping. But also, so it was during a period where, like, the three martini lunch was very popular. And I don't know if you've ever had a martini, but like one martini, martini is just straight gin that like vermouth has winked at. Um, Unless you like it dirty and then I it's do. been swilled in a bottle of oh, olives. I love it. I, sometimes I like it with just pickle juice. I'm a monster. But the thing is, is it's just like a glass of straight liquor, uh, but three of them. At lunch. And, so, and you're expected to go back to work. Right, but no one was doing anything at that point. Well, Nothing got not. done. Um, and so Smirnoff started this campaign, and their slogan was, vodka leaves you breathless. Because you could drink the martinis at lunch, and they wouldn't smell it on your breath if you used vodka instead of gin. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> 
And so vodka became a very popular mixer for martinis. Do you know why James Bond orders his is like vodka uh, and shaken, not stirred? Because if you shake, uh, it, it chips the ice and waters down your drink. That way you could drink more of them and be aware and stay a little more sober. But if Not you wanna... like, give me a drink that looks like, but is water. No, no, no. <laughs> Just a little more sober. But if you want to get super drunk, you have it stirred. Yeah, because then you don't chip the ice and you don't get the little flakes of ice melting to water it down. I like martinis, yeah. <laughs> I, had it, I had my first martini when I was 18, which isn't a big deal to you. <laughs> I realize now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> Um, but in the U.S., the drinking age is 21. Yeah, and I remember I was like super excited to try it because I was like, ah, oh, so classy. And I took a sip. I was like, great. <laughs> I don't know what I thought it was going to taste like. Much like I thought wine would taste like tomato juice. I don't know why. And that lasted until I was like 19. And I was like, ah, oh, wine, gross. <laughs> I think with, with I think with the martini I was like this is gonna taste like Sprite I don't know <laughs> I thought it was gross. So vodka did reign supreme until 1999 2000 when Hendrix came out with their gin their cucumber infused gin um, and things started that really started the train of things going well we don't have to just use juniper we can use things like uh, anise, we can use things anise. like... No, anise is how they say it here. What? Like a niece and nephew? Like a niece. Yeah. Wow. Now, I've say watched aluminum. Great British Bake Off, you guys. I know how to say anise. Oh, no, now he's drinking. I was just thirsty. I'm always proud of my wife. Shut up. <laughs> that was between us. That wasn't for you. And so the craft gin I craze. I just keep watching the sound guy like turn my mic <laughs> down more and more. He just keeps yelling. So the craft gin craze, a lot like the craft beer craze. Are, do you have that here? It's in the U.S., the craft beer. It's you like have beer here? No. You know what I mean. There's a distillery on every street yeah, in the we, U.S. When we moved to Cincinnati like eight years ago, first time, there was none. And now within eight years, there's like ten different thriving like breweries. It's amazing. In Cincinnati, like the city. That's a, It's about like It's London. amazing. It's about even. <laughs> but for the podcast, I'm going to say it is. Right? But it's not. <laughs> You're too loud. You don't need to cover your mic. I know. <laughs> so by 2017, gin, their popularity outstripped vodkas. I have so to we're back up. Yep. Yay. I have to imagine that that also comes from, like, the resurgence of the cocktail, too, of, like, the Certainly. mixologist bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because that's the thing is, I like, also, when I was, <sighs> I was about to say a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> My life has just flashed before my eyes. Because we're 85 in America. Yeah, now yes. we're very old. Um, but when I, when I first started drinking uh, at six, uh, <laughs> no, when I first started drinking uh, legally at 21, when you could like go into a bar and order a drink, it was very much like you would order a Jack and Coke 
or like a whiskey sour. And like, or if you're a lady, an amaretto sour. Yeah, and like you just don't. We didn't have an education about like the different versions of it now. And like nowadays, if you say like a gimlet, a lot more people understand. Here's the thing that I've learned as I've like tried to educate myself. What? I stuck on my tongue. Do I have lipstick on my chin? Oh no. Okay, thanks. For some reason, I thought you were telling me I had lipstick on my no! chin. No. <laughs> Um, when I started educating myself about like cocktails and stuff, what you come to find out is a lot of the reasons that we know about stuff like Jack and Coke and Whiskey Sour is because those were very strong mixers to cover the like cheapness of well, uh, well drinks, of well whiskey, well, uh, well vodka, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so what you come to find out is a lot of, so like the punch we had today was much more subtly flavored with flavors like lavender or like rose water and that kind of thing. So that way it's not just like, oh, I can drink this and not have to taste the booze. It's more like, oh, I can drink this and enjoy the drink that I'm drinking and savor it. And it's not just to like slam and get drunk. And now even as I'm saying that, there's probably another reason that me at 21 wasn't having those and was just having Jack and Cokes. Uh, I wish I could go back in time and change so much. Not this. This is fine. This is good. But a lot of other stuff. Like the time I had a Dragon Goke drinking contest with a friend. Everyone loses that kind of <laughs> Oh, another thing. Uh, do you know who here has heard of like slow gin, like a slow gin fizz? <laughs> right? So um, slow gin is made with the slow berry. It's S-L-O-E. Yeah, and like it's, it, when I was a kid, I used to think it was just slow gin. <laughs> when I'd hear slow gin, they made I was it like, what's extra fast gin? Slow. It's just slow gin. It's very good. It's just a very good drink. It's not an interesting thing. I'm just letting you know that it's not just like a lazy gin. It's not important. Leave me alone. He Let me doesn't live in my do shame. the research usually. Yet. I only know four interesting things in my life, and I've used up three of them already tonight. <laughs> Um, so something that, that you mentioned to me was you said, what are gin blossoms? It's a band. Hey, jealousy. <laughs> I'm going to keep singing. Baby, we can drive around this town. Don't. And let the cops chase Please us stop. around. <laughs> you don't know the words. Hey, jealousy. That's the only words okay. you know. If I can just crash here tonight. Thank you. You guys don't know, but he's like this all the time. Which is why I drink. Um, so gin blossoms is a, is a very interesting thing um, because it's not just from gin. Um, any sort of alcohol. This is water. Yes. Any sort of alcohol can cause this phenomenon. Uh, what happens is um, the skin, the tiny blood vessels just at the top of the skin called capillaries, uh, dilate, which is why some people turn red when they drink. Uh, me. I have enough makeup on tonight. I think I'm OK. Um, but these Me capillaries too. can become can become so accustomed to being dilated that they often burst. 
um, and then you, there's nothing that you can do to make them go back down again. So these are called gin blossoms because they they burst and look a little bit kind of like flowery or almost like spider veins often on your face. And But like I said, it doesn't take gin, so... Whatever but your, gin helps. Gin helps. Whatever your poison, you can get gin blossoms. And that's like W.C. Fields is a good example. W.C. Fields had that, I believe. It's not important. Uh, it can <sighs> also... Swing and a miss! <laughs> uh, maybe you're fam- more familiar with the, the red kind of bulbous nose that's often illustrated. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So in illustrations and, and cartoons and caricatures, you can often see a red bulbous nose, which is because of the alcohol um, dilating those capillaries over and over and over again, it can often lead to that that kind of, I don't know, it's almost like a, like a squishiness to the skin. Eww. Yeah, it takes a lot of alcohol abuse for that. Oh. Well, on that note, we're gonna take some audience questions. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Cheers, hey, cheers, cheers. Water. (laughs) Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.